Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, welcome folks. Gonna get right into it because we don't have a lot of time. I wanted to wait until the injury news got reported because it makes a huge difference on this Monday Night Football slate. Uh, you kind of need the news uh, and we got kick off in about a a little over 45 minutes. So just going to get this out of the way. We have Bills, Titans, uh, Bills still five and a half point favorites. You got an over underline of 53 and a half. Uh, So, I mean, there are points to be scored here. Uh, Some books, actually, it looks like the line's creeping up to six. I'm still seeing places where you can get it for five and a half. But here's the bottom line. If the line is moving up to six, I think you could take the Titans here at plus six. It's not to say that I think the Titans are going to win the game. It's, this is a completely different conversation. I think the Bear, uh, the Bills can win the game. It's just more along the lines of can Tennessee uh, keep this game close enough uh, where they can cover? And, you know, they are at home. So, you know, eh, you, you still have the, the crowd making a difference. But. Here was the important uh, aspect to all of this. You still had Julio Jones and A.J. Brown questionable for the game, so that's why the line was as high as it was. Now that A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are both active for this game, honestly, this line should be lower. If it's if you're seeing places where it's six and you want to bet uh, uh, the spread, I would take the Tennessee line at uh, take the six points and you could tease it up to two touchdowns if you want, if you want to get like that eight-point spread and just uh, br- uh, bring the over-under line down uh, on, on your teaser as you're doing it uh, with, the eight, eight, with the eight points, if you want to play it that way. Because I think there are points to be scored here, and or you could do the reverse teaser where you actually push up the, uh, the line and, and, you, and you're betting it so that uh, you're expecting uh, over 62 points to be scored in the game, which is entirely possible. I think these teams can break, both these teams can break 30 under certain certain circumstances uh, if you want to do the, uh, apply the teaser in that fashion. That's why, that's why the injury news was important because Tennessee being able to stretch the field down the, uh, down the passing lanes vertically is essential to actually making it easier for Derrick Henry to run against this Bills defense. The Bills defense is good enough to shut down Derrick Henry if those guys are not in the lineup. That's why, from a DFS perspective, it was really hard to justify Derrick Henry's price tag being at 11K. It, it, it's just, even now, it's still hard to justify the price tag. You got to get creative if you're if you're going to slot in Derrick Henry into your lineup builds. I'm not fading Derrick Henry, but I'm going to be likely under the field, and where I have Derrick Henry, I'm going to be playing these lesser-known receivers because... Folks will probably try to squeeze in Gabe Davis on the Bills side because he's 2K. The issue with playing a Gabe Davis uh, with the, the Bills roster this year, Emmanuel Sanders has kind of taken up that role because he can find those pockets of space in the secondary that you don't need a burner like Gabriel Davis on the field necessarily to break down the defense anymore. So that's why Gabe Davis has been uh, a very spotty uh, player in terms of snap counts. He, he really is on the field 
less than 15% of snaps so far this year. So unless you get an injury, it's really hard to justify Gabe Davis as the wide receiver four because he's just not getting enough. Uh, he's not getting enough stats, in my opinion, to put up the production that you're looking for. Now, on the flip side, other guys you can look at uh, for the Titans, yes, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are in. They're not going to be running all uh, all the snaps because uh, they, they were running about 85 to 90% of snaps. I, I would be surprised if they still hit that percentage mark in this game just because uh, they had, they're going to try, they're going to play them, but I don't think they're going to play them every single down because it, you know, it, it's coming off of injury and you don't want to uh, re-aggravate things. So what I think still happens is you're still going to get a run back with Chester Rogers uh, in, in passing downs, Marcus Johnson, uh, also, uh, at 1400, uh, is in play. Chester Rogers has been catching some touchdown passes. He's 4,400. The Titans do spread the ball around. So my thinking is you're going to get, uh, a spread passing game with the Titans. I still think that they're going to keep, uh, uh, the bills honest by running the ball to set up the play action uh, without question. I just don't think they're passing it necessarily to set up the run game with uh, Derrick Henry. I, you know, I could be wrong, but I don't think they're going to just kind of keep pounding the rock against the Bills because I think the Bills are going to put up enough points early enough against this weak uh, secondary for uh, Tennessee that it's really going to be hard for Tennessee to justify the. 25 to 30 touches that uh, you usually tr uh, get with Derrick Henry to really like hammer down and break the defense. Not saying it's impossible for Tennessee to be able to do it. I'm just saying the capital you need to invest to break down a, a defense as good as the Bills. I don't think Tennessee has enough time to be able to go down that route. So to me, I think the play here is in the captain spot. I want to play Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen has the most upside in this game. The Bills have enough attacking options where it could go to Emmanuel Sanders. Cole Beasley has not gotten as much production for as many snaps as he's been out on the field because it's been going to Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders did get priced up this uh, game uh, up to 8600 So you actually need Emmanuel Sanders to continue that production to hit the ceiling. It's a very high ceiling tonight to justify the price tag for Emmanuel Sanders because Stefan Diggs is only a thousand more and has a way higher ceiling than Emmanuel Sanders in terms of his ability to have a breakout game down the field, stretching it and hit getting a 50, 60 yard bomb. Emmanuel Sanders isn't necessarily going to do that. He's probably, uh, you know, realistically, he may get like a 30, uh, 30, 35 yard uh, uh, completion but he's not going to have that breakaway speed anymore where he just torches everybody. Stefan Diggs can absolutely take a slant route, take it to the house, no problem. And so with that in mind, the upside with taking Diggs is easily worth paying up an extra grand on DraftKings uh, to fit him in. Uh, and FanDuel pricing, uh, you know, if, I'll get to FanDuel in a minute. I'm, I'm kind of pissed off with FanDuel in general just because the pricing... It's just so lazy at this point. But um, uh, the truth of the matter is with fan, uh, 
uh, yeah, the, the FanDuel pricing is just so simplistic uh, because you can get three pass catchers with, uh, uh, you can get three pass catchers with uh, uh, Allen and just play Julio and it's call it a day. It's just, it's just uh, aggravating to say the least. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked here and we don't have a lot of time. So uh, in terms of the DraftKings pricing, I think you, you allocate it with uh, Josh Allen in the captain spot. You uh, you spread it between, uh, you can pick your mix of receivers, whether it's Diggs. I think it makes far more sense to having Diggs over Sanders, but I get it if you want to get different. Uh, but uh, because Diggs is going to carry a high ownership, and people are going to want to fit Diggs into the captain. I'm not saying you can't play Diggs in the captain. I'm just saying if you want to hedge, you can play Allen because he's going to rack up yardage against the secondary and it's not all going to concentrate on Diggs. And because of the bonuses with DraftKings, uh, if you get 300 passing yards and you can always have a Josh Allen rushing TD. That's why I'm saying it's not like Josh Allen is incapable of running it into the end zone on his own because we know the Bills rushing attack ain't all that great. I know Zach Moss has gotten some touchdowns early in the season, but we've seen this story before with the Bills where you know, the, the, the ground game doesn't get going. And then uh, Josh Allen just starts bootlegging and scores in the red zone. We've seen this happen. It, this is nothing new. So to me, I'm not going to pay a premium for Zach Moss at seven K just in the hope of he gets a goal line carry because a receiver falls down at the end zone inside the five yard line. To me, that's just a waste of money because there's so much receptions on the board with the other Bills uh, receivers that paying 7K for Zach Moss just does not make a whole ton of sense to me. Uh, it's a very limited window of opportunity to make it work with Zach Moss. Yeah, he could get there, but realistically, he's further off everything else uh, compared to most of the guys uh, on his own team. I'd probably just play Randy. Uh, I'd probably just play uh, Tyler Bass, who's the kicker on the team, than Zach Moss. Because if the Bills' drive stalls out, you could always kick a field goal for uh, four, uh, three or four points, or even five points if, if it's a 50 yarder. And he's still more likely to outscore uh, Zach Moss in that fashion than uh, Zach Moss falling into the end zone because you're just not going to get that many passes out of the backfield. It, it's just. That's just not how the Bills typically operate. So to me, I think you play Josh Allen, you take at least two pass catchers, uh, whether it's Diggs, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Dawson Knox is always a red zone target uh, you could go after. I think that's the way to play it. And then on the run back, you can actually uh, get creative whether you want to use A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. The issue is, if you want to play Derrick Henry, you have to take a cheap Titans uh, piece here in order to make it work. I would probably play Marcus Johnson, even with A.J. Brown and Julio in, because they're not going to play all the snaps, and he's only 1,400, but he's going to be running uh, the similar route patterns for the uh, plays that they're off on. And if they're, and if they're behind, they're going to try to play action with Henry and try to take a shot. And what better way of doing that is to DQ by having Julio and uh, Brown off the field and fake it to uh, fake it to Derrick Henry and then set up a pass to one of the tight ends or Marcus Johnson when they're in those packages because they've been doing that. That is how they've been still putting up points 
with Julio and AJ Brown. They've been getting creative. So that's why on the Tennessee side, it you have to kind of keep a wider pool of players in mind because it's it's just a, a likely scenario that they're gonna find a way of getting those guys the ball when Julio and AJ Brown are not on the field. And again, as I said, I don't expect Julio and AJ to be on the field 80 to 85% of the snaps just coming off of uh, injuries. Now they said AJ Brown was coming off an illness. Uh, They didn't say it was COVID, but you know, I, 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 I don't want to be a medical expert for, but for him to be missing games, like, it's got to be serious enough for a uh, respiratory aspect, like to keep them out of games. It, it's uh, with whatever is going on there. And it's not as though uh, a, you, you can, uh, you can easily expect these guys with, ne- without having the full conditioning, cause they weren't practicing to be able to play the full amount of snaps. So that's why I'm saying uh, this, like you got to get a little bit more creative, but not to the extent of, putting yourself in a hole where you're not going to get enough points. I, you know, if you want to play Derrick Henry, I'm not saying you can't play Derrick Henry. I'm just saying you got to be smart enough when you're playing Derrick Henry, that if you play Derrick Henry in the captain, you are limiting your upside tremendously because it's just so much harder uh, to build out your roster with Derrick Henry in the captain, because Derrick Henry is 17K in the captain. The only other way to get there, realistically, because you can't play Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry to get, like, if Derrick Henry's in the captain, playing Ryan Tannehill, basically you're in building a script where you think Tennessee just goes out there and smashes Buffalo in order to make that pricing work. I I just think it's harder. It's like, most folks are still going to kind of like play it halfway where they they're just n- they're going to play a bunch of different captains and have some Josh Allen. I think Allen has the most upside to exceed his pricing point in the captain spot because as I said, the rushing uh TD potential is definitely there and he has enough targets passing wise that it, the touchdowns are not necessarily going to be all concentrated on one receiver. And all it takes is for him to throw four touchdowns to four different receivers, and then you absolutely have to have Josh Allen in the captain because those other receivers are not going to get there unless they have like a 12 to 14-yard catch game. And realistically in the NFL, yes, it's possible, but it's not likely to happen all the time, especially with uh, uh, receivers, uh, uh, receiver pools as deep as what Buffalo has. I just don't necessarily see one guy getting all the receptions in that regard. So to me, you know, looking at this game, I think uh, Tennessee keeps this closer now that we we got the news of everyone being active of the main dogs. It's now just like kind of building out the script. And to me, I'm not going to get cute with it. I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not going to try to, figure out who all these other captains are going to be. I'm just basically locking in, uh, you know, in 90% of my lineups, having Josh Allen in the captain and just trust like the receiver pools that it's going to be diverse enough that concentrating on one receiver, not necessarily going to be the play. I think he's going to spread it around because there are enough matchup difficulties that uh, the Titans are going to have in the secondary 
that that's the way to go uh, for this slate. So uh, gonna wrap it up here uh, just because uh, we got kick off soon. So that does it for now. Good luck, everyone, and uh, let's hope uh, we got a good game on our hands because we have no Manning cast again tonight. So let's hope that we the main broadcast is entertaining enough because uh, it, it, it is a it's it's a world of hurt without the Mannings calling games if the game doesn't go well. So let's hope for a good game, and uh, that's all for now. Later. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.